You're listening to Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. I'm Kimberly Evans, and I've been planning incredible events for the past 16 years. I'm passionate about connecting people, creating purposeful gatherings, and making the most out of every moment. Join me as we learn together how to find joy, celebrate the simple things in life, use events to grow your business, and have a whole lot of fun along the way. Every day can be a reason to celebrate. Cheers to Celebrating Simple Life. Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is supported by Connexus. Connexus Credit Union is all about their members. Improving their financial well-being drives everything they do. And that's not just something they say. It's a promise that's delivered by over 900 employees across Saskatchewan. Their employees are members too, and they've been there, so they are committed to making your money work for you. The banking industry needs to change, and Connexus is changing it for everyone because Connexus cares. Visit Connexus.ca to learn more. Today on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, I have a very special guest to introduce you to, my beautiful daughter, Cassidy, who just so happens to be the CEO of Cassidy's Lemonade Stand. Cassidy's Lemonade Stand was brought out of an incredibly dark time in our family when Cassidy was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis back in 2012. And in the last seven and a half years, it has grown into its own little empire that her and I work on together. And it has just been such an incredible way to show how light can come out of something dark. And cystic fibrosis is the most challenging piece of our lives. It brings a lot of fear and anxiety and especially as COVID-19 is going on right now with it being a respiratory illness, it's incredibly, incredibly scary to have a child that is compromised during this time and we've had to stay extra isolated because of that to keep her safe. And I wanted to just share with you our story of hope and our story of miracles and all of the ways that Cassidy's Lemonade Stand has been able to inspire people around Saskatchewan and Canada and the world. And I'd like to think it's probably inspired me the most. She shows me every day what it means to live life to the fullest. And I couldn't be more proud of her. And I am so excited for you to hear our story of how we are turning lemons into lemonade right here on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. So tune in. Hello, Cassidy. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. This is a real treat. This is our very first mother-daughter podcast episode, (laughs) right? I have had a lot of questions from my listeners who hear a lot about Cassidy's Lemonade Stand Mm -hmm. from conversations that I have with them from other guests on the show and other episodes that I've done and I wanted to get the actual CEO of Cassidy's (laughs) Lemonade Stand here with me today in an exclusive interview to hear your story from the beginning. Is that good with you? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just start off with giving a little bit of background about this uh, because Cass, you were so little when this all began that these are things that you've more so remembered from us telling you than um, from actual um, remembering it yourself. But you were um, born in 2008 and like any first time parent, 
um, I had no idea what in the world I was doing having a baby. And you were born and our world was just filled with so much love. And we were just so excited um, to have our first baby. And everything everything was great and as normal as it could be. And it's a huge whirlwind. And you have this child and you don't really know what quote unquote normal is for a baby. And we knew from pretty early on that Cassidy um, seemed to just be in a lot of discomfort a lot of the time. And babies cry as their way of telling you that something isn't necessarily right. And she cried a lot and she was up a lot in the night and um, she was going to the bathroom a lot and um, it was just changing a lot of diapers and diapers and diapers and diapers, which we thought was normal. We we weren't sure. We had nothing to compare it to. And so um, we ended up bringing her into the doctor uh, just for regular checkups as you do any baby and everything always came back relatively normal and we would express that she seemed to be in discomfort and that um, we were changing a lot of diapers like 25 diapers a day and our doctor was like you know what every kid is different this is just the way that it is and so something in my in my gut in my mummy instinct just wasn't settled by this I just I knew something wasn't right but I didn't know what it was and I didn't want to assume something was wrong because I think even while I was pregnant that was always my first like my worst nightmare was was thinking that there would be something wrong with um, my baby or that they wouldn't be well or that they wouldn't be having a quality of life that I was dreaming of them to have and so this was all things that I tried to suppress and not really think about. And then as you got a little bit older uh, and were a toddler, um, you were able to start expressing that you were having stomach aches and telling us that you had stomach aches and you continued to um, just be uncomfortable. And so at this point, the things that were going through our mind was, okay, she probably has a gluten allergy, maybe your celiac. And so we started um, pushing forward in that direction by just on our own doing an elimination diet at home to try to figure out if there were certain things that were bothering you and that seemed to be the easiest thing to try. And then um, it just didn't really seem to help. And one one evening, we were actually at the um, Broadway Street Fair here in Saskatoon. And you were... I think you were about, I think you were four years old. This was right in the summer, right before you were diagnosed. So you were four and a half and we were on the street fair having so much fun and of course eating lots of food that isn't good for you and having the best time. And we went home and put you and Lucia to bed and you just were having such bad stomach aches. And so I wasn't sure what to do or what was going on and kind of went back and forth like, do we bring you in? This is now 10 o'clock at night and you're still not able to fall asleep because you're so uncomfortable. And it started getting to the point where you were actually like rolling around on the floor, eyes almost rolling back in your head because you were just in so much pain. And so obviously at this point, I was like, okay, I'm taking her in. So Jessie stayed home with Lucia because she was only one at the time and she was already sleeping. And so I took Cassidy to the emergency room and this sort of began the process of moving things forward in a bit of direction where tests were being um, 
taken to actually really dig into what the issues were. Um, because now we were like, this can't just be allergies. This has to be something more and nobody could figure it out. So, um, we ended up getting a few tests done. And one of the tests that the doctor, um, the specialist suggested right off the bat, just to rule it out was a sweat test. And unbeknownst to us at the time, a sweat test's only purpose is to test somebody for cystic fibrosis because uh, people with cystic fibrosis have um, really high salt chloride levels in their bodies um, because cystic fibrosis essentially is a salt water imbalance and the body's inability to balance salt and water, which makes people with cystic fibrosis, including Cassidy's, um, skin really salty. So I would give her a kiss when she was younger, well, even now still, if she lets me, and lick my lips and it's salty as if you had salt on the rim of a glass and which is really unusual. And it, it happens to people when you're working out or training and you notice that there's a little bit of a white film on your skin from sweating. But um, with cystic fibrosis, your sweat doesn't reabsorb back into the body. So you're always at a loss of salt. So you have to salt everything that you eat and always make sure that you're staying really hydrated. And in the summer when it's really hot, eating extra salt in order to make sure that your balances stay where they need to be. And so she was sweat tested and... I just remember being so scared of even just being told that this was a possibility. And in my heart, I just, I didn't want to believe that this would be true. And so she ended up being, this was right around Thanksgiving of 2012 when uh, this test was taking place. And we were actually heading out of town for the weekend, that weekend. And so she had been sweat tested during the week and we were just sick about the idea that this might be something um, that was hers. And I remember my husband and I both coming home from work one day in the middle of the day because we both just couldn't concentrate anymore. And our, our brains were just racked with fear thinking about the idea that our, our daughter would have a life-threatening illness. And you don't want to jump the gun and, and be overly anxious about something before it's happened. But there was just something in us that just felt like this was pointing in a direction that we really didn't want it to go. And so we ended up going out of town for the weekend and just having a good Thanksgiving weekend away and um, came back and there was a voicemail left on our on our answering machine, the old days of an answering machine, where uh, the message just said, we really need you to schedule an appointment, please come in. So... That did not ease our concerns whatsoever, and we booked in an appointment for uh, Wednesday of that week, and they brought us in and they sweat tested her again um, because they they double sweat test just to make sure that it's right, and we didn't know at this point what her results had been from the very first sweat test at first, but as she finished her sweat test and they immediately got the results of it, slowly different specialists started walking into the room. And it, I can picture it right now and I can remember it as if it was yesterday, sitting in there, Jesse and myself and Cassidy, so little, only four, and just feeling like it was how you see in a movie when there's just an out-of-body experience and people come in and you just 
are waiting for the ball to drop and you know what's about to happen, but you just want to believe that it's not going to. And they slowly started walking in and they confirmed our absolute um, worst nightmare was that Cassidy had cystic fibrosis. And I just remember almost feeling frozen in that moment. It was, it's like nothing that I have ever experienced again. And I don't think I ever will. It's, it's just something that you just don't wish anybody to have to go through. And when you're sitting in the middle of it, there is just so many questions going through uh, your mind as a parent. And we wanted to be strong for Cassidy. We didn't want her to feel like something bad was happening. She was only four. It was really hard to describe to her. And I think even at that age, like, kids don't love seeing their parents cry and they don't love thinking that there's something wrong and our, our whole thing is to protect them from all of these things and this was something that I wasn't able to protect her from and it just felt awful and so we literally were told this news we were given a bunch of information bags full of medications prescriptions that we needed to go fill a medical equipment that we needed to go buy and we just walked out of there and at that point I I don't remember how we got to our car or how we got home it was just like the world had stopped and I remember I remember getting home and looking and seeing people being outside and neighbors out and buses running and stores are open. I just remember thinking to myself, how can the world keep turning? How can this be moving forward when we have just been given the most devastating news? It was just sort of impossible to to figure out. And that next while was really a blur and we immediately the next day she started taking um digestive enzymes so Cassidy takes 40 ish pills a day uh currently and at the time I can't remember how many she took when she was younger but it's kind of based on your size and how much you're eating and all of that kind of stuff and so she takes all of these pills and she immediately within a few days of starting taking these new pills that helped her digest her food started feeling so much better and she was still having stomach aches but she wasn't running to the bathroom 25 times a day and she just she was feeling better and I remember her at one point saying mommy these pills are a cure and my heart just broke and I don't really know your <laughs> It's hard enough as a parent, there's no manual on what is the right way to parent this specific child, but having a child with an illness, there is just nothing that I could have been prepared for to figure out how to answer these questions that are coming from the innocence of a child who, this is how she felt in that moment. She felt like this was her cure and it was so heartbreaking and I just kept thinking of all of the things that I wasn't sure her life was going to have in it. And it was so hard to move forward in that. And uh, 
a year went by and we made some pretty big decisions in our life within that next year after I uh, decided to stop burying myself in my work because that is what I initially did to cope because it was just too hard to even really be around um, her with feeling like I didn't want to break into tears and I know she doesn't even remember any of this, do you, sweetie? <laughs> and yeah, it, it was just one of these things where we weren't quite sure what to do next, but we took it day by day and she's such an optimistic, happy, amazing kid that it didn't take her long to come up with an idea of how she wanted to turn this into something positive. And it honestly was the inspiration that I needed in order to say, you know what, Kim, this isn't something that has happened to you. This is something that you've been chosen for. And it's time to rise to the occasion and help Cassidy live the life that she is created to live. And it's go time. How did you decide from there to start Cassidy's Lemonade Stand the following year when you were five? Um, well, when I was five, I don't know, like, it's kind of a blur. I just, like, remember it from a story from people telling me what happened. Um, but, like, I just decided that I wanted to do a lemonade stand to raise money to find a cure for cystic fibrosis. Um, and so I started my first lemonade stand and <laughs> it was what I can remember from year, right? it was what <laughs> I am reflecting on is it was May of 2013. We lived in Saskatoon and you had a little lemonade stand that your grandpa made you made on our driveway and you were in your winter parka because it was so freezing <laughs> cold outside in May. And you looked so sad sitting out there. But you were determined. This was year one. You were pumped. You're like, hey, I'm selling lemonade. But it was ice cubes outside. And I remember texting all of my friends and family who were around here being like, hey, can you please just come by? She just really wants some customers <laughs> for the lemonade. <laughs> and a few people came by. And how much did you raise year one? I think that was sixty dollars, something like that. Yeah, maybe even a hundred bucks. And you were so pumped, and I was so pumped just that there was anything that you raised. <laughs> and we did that again for a couple of years. And each year, it still was kind of cold outside. It's unfortunate that May is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month yeah. in Saskatchewan because the weather's so unpredictable here. I guess year round, when really would be the right time. But the, this year May is gonna be so nice. You're having high hopes for it, are you? Well, it's been so warm. Okay. Well, I hope so. That's positive thinking. Um, so then we moved to Moose Jaw and something wild happens this year. So the year is 2015. First so lemonade stand in Moose Jaw. First lemonade stand in Moose Jaw. Again, May. Except this year, it was actually fairly nice outside. We thought, like, we're at a school. No customers. It's like people... Like, we had a lot of elderly on the street. We did. <laughs> we well, thought that no one was going to And we didn't know anything. a lot of people. I think that was the other part where we knew grandma and grandpa lived there. And we had a few friends that we had started to meet in the last year that we had lived there. But it wasn't like Saskatoon where that was where the majority of our people lived. Yeah, you had made like one small picture <laughs> of lemonade. And then I'm sitting out there. I remember I was thinking it looked so cute. <laughs> 
I was just so pumped about my outfit. I had my leather jacket on. You did. My hair in buns. I had lipstick on. I was so excited. And then I sat there, and a couple people came by, and then because half this an was, hour went by. It was, and this was the after-school crowd, so... We lived right across the street from the school that you and Lucia went to at the time. And there it wasn't was, a weekend? Well, Friday was when this started, and then Saturday was the next day that we had it. But this was Friday. Uh. You ran home from school, so pumped. You came home a little bit early, and you're sitting out there looking all cute like you mentioned. The school rush comes out where everyone's leaving on the bus. That's right. And I'm in the kitchen stirring up said little pitcher of lemonade <laughs> while you're out there waiting. And my friend Siobhan was in the kitchen with me like my only friend that I knew in Moose Jaw at the time (laughs) and her and I were having a great time just like laughing and just getting ready for this all and she was happy to help out and it was so awesome then the rush came (laughs) how many like a hundred people were on our lawn definitely and we looked out the window and I was like oh my goodness Siobhan was about to leave and then but tell her the, tell them the and funny then, part and that then, happened. Um, my dad he had a haircut appointment Convenient. for then, and he just left and said <laughs> that he was gonna go get, get his hair cut. And so it was like my mom and me alone because my sister was still like at like in the preschool room. <laughs> and then, um, hundred like hundred Siobhan customers. was about to leave and then like you begged her to stay and she graciously stayed the amazing <laughs> girl that she is and we started cranking out lemonades it was like jugs nothing and jugs and jugs <laughs> it's like nothing we've ever seen before there's so much uncertainty in the world right now and while gathering and coming together needs to take extra precautions and in a lot of cases a temporary hiatus right now this doesn't mean that we still can't connect in unique ways to keep our relationships and connections strong if you are on the lookout for a creative way to cheer up a friend show your significant other bestie co-workers and special people in your life that you care i've curated adorable delicious and unique candy grazing boxes for you to ship out A beautiful, delectable candy grazing box can be shipped right to your door or as a surprise to a friend's door on your behalf. Free delivery in Saskatoon and shipping available across Canada. And because we could all use a little more joy right now, you can get an exclusive code to receive 15% off by typing CELEBRATE15 at checkout. You can click right from your home at CelebratingSimpleLife.com and use the code CELEBRATE15 because today is a great day to celebrate. Well, and we had to call on the troops. Grandma and Grandpa were coming from Saskatoon the next day for this lemonade stand. They ended up making a stop at a big store to bring way more lemons and way more supplies along because we just couldn't get the quantity that we needed in Moose Jaw. We had like five lemons. And then what happened the next day? The next day, like everyone knew about, about this lemonade stand and they were telling all their friends about it. Well, and the next day, the police station came with in their lights on, just ripping down the, the street. They parked in front of our house and came out. And then l- later, the, the fire truck, um, a fire truck came with like a bunch of people inside of it. And then the, 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 the ambulance, um, the ambulance came that exact day. News reporters. And it was just, there was so many people on our yard. What were you thinking when this all happened? Did you understand that this was like all about you (laughs) no no all like it was just exciting like 
I, I was excited that like I was excited that I was like getting someone's attention. Like, <laughs> did you put I it together? <laughs> did you put it together though that like your dream of having a lemonade stand that that's why that was all happening at the time? Did you understand that that they were all coming there because you had a dream of having this lemonade stand and they were all just like wanting to support you? No. No. So we get to the end of that weekend and the city of Moose Jaw came out in enormous ways and we raised like um when was the motorcycles was that the 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 following that was the following year we raised like seven thousand dollars that year in lemonade which still saying that out loud is like the craziest (laughs) thing i've ever heard of this little girl is out there you just leather jacket talking to people in your leather jacket the schools came out people came out so many strangers that we had never even met before people from businesses just giving giving us hundreds and hundreds of dollars our good friend from john from the mad greek came out and he just shared this beautiful story of how he was really not feeling like himself that day because he was remembering his late father and it was just bringing up a lot of emotion for him and he decided to come out anyways because they were family friends of ours and he made such a generous donation and came on board for all of our years and he just told us how much you sharing your story impacted him to see good in hard times and I just thought that was so amazing that um, so many grown-ups could be inspired by somebody so little like yourself. (laughs) So then we have the following years um, in in Moose Jaw, and each year just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was just unbelievable to watch all of these people come out. And it was the following year that the motorcycle crew came out. And this was the Saskatchewan, South Saskatchewan Eagle Riders. And they were on their motorcycle run where everyone on their crew went on their motorcycles and drove around the, the city. So they were like... 50 motorcycles I'm gonna parked say all the way down the street. 100, at least. There were so many motorcycles. And I remember your face. We It was like you heard <laughs> this like roaring from far away. I was so scared. I was like, oh no, what's happening? Earthquake. Oh no, we're going to die. And all of a sudden, they one by one by one by one. But, all... but it was like they had a gigantic space in between them. So you never knew how many there was going to be. So it was like like a three second space in between so it was like a one two three and another one until they were all there and it was like you could almost feel like the the rumbling inside your body because it was so loud while they were out there and it was like the most powerful thing like I couldn't even stop crying you know me crying at every single one of your events you're like mom get a life Then they all walked up towards me and they gave me... You're still at this point not sure that these motorcyclists are there for you. You're confused. I was so scared. I I was like, oh no, we're going to get beat up. Like, motorcycles, like, uh, I've always thought, like, in movies and stuff like that, like, the people who drive motorcycles (laughs) wear their leather jackets, leather gloves, and wear, like, those bandanas and long hair. I was like... Oh no, they're com- uh, they're coming to get us. I like walked back. I-, I stood back and I was like so scared. And then they handed me this envelope. And then I like, realized that they are and then the I nicest. Opened it, and there's like a few hundred dollars in there. The nicest, most generous, kind. They just embraced everything that you were doing and came on board. And we had known a couple people from in that group just from knowing them from around Moose Jaw, but 
they just decided that they had somebody in their group who um, had grandchildren that had cystic fibrosis and it was just a cause that they really felt um, strongly about and they just resonated with your story and came on board and each year they continue to come on board and each year was more money I know they're just amazing what an amazing group so then we moved back to Saskatoon and continued to travel to places like Moose Jaw to have our lemonade stands each year and we decide that we need to grow this because we are now kind of outgrowing the little tiny lemonade like stand. Like everyone knows us. We have like been on the news in the newspaper. We've like been on radios. We've done so many things and we need to expand. That's right. So what did we do? We got a lemonade truck. <laughs> we named him Linus. And then we, our friend. Um, our friend Aaron in Moose Jaw. He um, painted it. He gutted it. He put in a sink, like water. Like it was. It was awesome. Shelves. Um, he was gonna like he did a a Bluetooth radio in there, mm-hmm. and it was all for free. Like everything that he bought and took apart. All his and, time and energy that he put into and it. And he kept it in his backyard. <laughs> That was pretty crazy. So now we have a lemonade truck, and you got to have your dream of starting your own little business. Yeah. Right? I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and then, well, first I didn't know what that was. (laughs) And then, when I found out what it was, then I wanted to be it. And then, Here we are. Boom. Suddenly the child who can't even drive yet owns her own lemonade truck. (laughs) Right? So I've always wanted to to drive it and it's still on my bucket list. It's still on your bucket list. Yeah. Soon and very soon. So now you have a lemonade truck and how does it make you feel knowing that people are calling and emailing and inquiring about booking your truck for so many events? And merch. (laughs) And merch. We haven't even gotten into the merch. So what else do you sell in your lemonade truck besides freshly squeezed lemonade? Okay. Um... I sell a few different types of scrunchies. Um, From our friends at Foreverly Yours. Yes. Locally sourced. I sell lemon squishies and and lime squishies because... Those are a hot hot item. Um, We sell little lime keychains. We sell lemon necklaces, lemon bracelets, lemon socks. We sell the... That like rose gold triangular mm, that was a feature item the one year don't have it anymore oh, okay mm-hmm. sold out um we still sell the castle necklace we do we have a beautiful partnership with elizabeth lynn jewelry and we have the cassidy necklace which looks kind of like a kite yeah it's turquoise and it's gold and it's gorgeous and it's this little little like it's this it's small and debt like delicate delicate but like it goes with everything and anything it does it's really cute and yeah so we have those things and those are available all the time online and why why do we go to all this trouble why do we go through all this trouble to make lemonade go to events have the merchandise and do everything that we do with the lemonade stand it's like it's um going to help 
me and so many other people who have cystic fibrosis and there's already so many things that, that they've come out with that is because of the, the fundraising that everyone has done and it's a big part like it's a like I've always thought oh this drug like this medication came out because of us like if we didn't do that there would still be a few years until it would have came out. Well, it feels like it's it's able to actually see a cause and effect of how things that we do actually make a difference, right? I've always said that um, I was so excited for the day that they would find a cure for, for cystic fibrosis, but this new medication that's come out, it's kind of like it cures you, but not exactly. So you don't have access to this medication yet, um, can you um, help my listeners understand why fundraising and raising awareness and trying to find a cure for cystic fibrosis, what exactly does that mean? I think sometimes there's um, a misunderstanding and some confusion as to when you're raising money for things as to where does that money actually go? What do you actually do with that money? And for yourself, what have we done together um, in regards to advocacy that has actually uh, helped make a difference in getting some of these medications approved for um, people living with cystic fibrosis like yourself. Um, back in November of 2018, we went to Regina. Mm -hmm. And what did we do while we were there? Where did we go? Um, we went to the legislative building and we we talked with Scott Moe and Jim Ryder our health minister and we talked to them about getting this drug approved and we talked about the 100 day challenge that until they could get it approved um, for people with CF and the 100 days happened to fall on my birthday. That's right, back in 2019. And while we were there, I also had lunch with Scott Moe. You did? What did you guys eat in his office? Chicken strips and fries. He asked us what, what we all wanted, and then I didn't I didn't really know, so he just like... Ordered what he thought like, you might like. <laughs> and so he got it for everyone. And so we were all just eating chicken nuggets and fries with the health minister and premier in the legislative buildings. Like, I don't know of many kids that can say that that's on their list of things that they've done, hey? And then you got to sit in the house and actually hear the discussions take place. And the argument, kind of. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense, but they got to announce you. And you actually got to be recognized in the house, which is pretty cool, hey? So we had that experience with advocacy. And then... We are now in 2020. We are continuing to advocate for medications because Canada is very behind the times when it comes to um, approving medication. There's for rare di diseases. For rare diseases specifically. And so we continue to work with Cystic Fibrosis Canada in scheduling meetings and meeting with elected, elected officials across 
the province in order to help figure out how we can actually get these decisions to happen at a federal level instead of just um, in Saskatchewan so that everybody in Canada can get access to these medications sooner than later because people with cystic fibrosis don't want their lungs to deteriorate to a place where they are struggling to breathe. We want, while you're still feeling great, to get this medication so that you can feel great forever, right? So this year is going to be a little bit of a different year. COVID-19 has kind of brought a bit of a pivoting point here for Cassidy's Lemonade Stand. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to bring out our lemonade truck for any events this summer because... So virtual lemonades. That's right. So virtual lemonades can be bought online and it's kind of just a way for people to remember Cassidy's Lemonade Stand while we're going through all of this. COVID-19 has brought a lot of scary situations for people with cystic fibrosis because there's actually a lot of similarities in the symptoms that people, so we've heard, have experienced who have had COVID that are actually very similar to what... To having um, CF. To having CF. Shortness of breath, fever, struggling to breathe, getting hospitalized. But if someone with cystic fibrosis got this disease it could like close up their lungs and it would be more of a risk of dying if someone with cf got it than if someone who didn't have it got it or anyone who has like asthma or any Mm -hmm. other um lung affected diseases right so we've been staying pretty isolated and we're trying to come up with creative ways to continue to spread the word about Cassidy's Lemonade Stand and cystic fibrosis while not being able to bring our lemonade truck out, which is kind of sad that we can't have it out this year because we always have so much fun at all of these events. But I think that what it's going to do though is just make us be uh, a lot more creative with ways that we can share our story on social media, which social media is really great at a time like this because you're still able to connect with people who want to stay engaged in what's going on, even though we can't see people face to face right now. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Cassidy. This was so much fun. It was very fun. Thanks for having me on the show, Mom. Now I can say that I've been on my very first podcast. Sure have. Just another thing to cross off the list. This show would not be possible without you, my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life on Apple Podcasts or download and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. These reviews, ratings, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories and tagging friends that you think should hear the episode too really helps the podcast grow. It makes me so happy that I often select reviews to read on the show. And if yours is chosen, you will receive a special gift from me. Thank you for being a part of my mission to connect stories of business and life. Cheers to celebrating simple life.